This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston from The Athletic. And uh, for those that are fans of the Sirius XM Fade the Noise radio show, yeah, you probably heard the song in your head last night with every scintillating, glorious touch by our boy, Juggernaut Javante Williams. Cue the Ario! And belt it out loud. You know who's a fan of that show should be Ario, because we are reviving their careers. We are making them back into the pop culture uh, lexicon here, talking about Javante Williams yep. and his Keep On Loving You song. Yeah, well, look, uh, they're on the uh, circuit of casinos. Uh, they yeah. play a lot of the Native American casinos all across the country. <laughs> I know that for a fact. They were also on Ozark, like season two. Oh, and they wow. they actually got a considerable airplay due to the popularity of that show. I don't know if you knew that. Like some of their greatest hits, uh, uh, repenetrated. I'm not even sure that's a, a word, but I'm using it right now. Uh, the Billboard Hot 100. Because Ario yeah, Ario's got I, boner I jams, that. dude. I, I'm pretty sure I finished season two. I did not. But uh, I don't. Yeah, Marty remember. Bird hired him at the casino on the riverboat. I was like, "This is a perfect fit." Oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good call. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, what was good? Good call if you put Javante Williams in your fantasy lineup last week. Twenty-three carries, one hundred and two yards, six receptions, seventy-six receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown. Brandon delivered on all fronts. Uh, what is his workload going to be like rest of the season? Question one and question two. We're going to draft him next year. Oh man, he's. I mean, is Melvin Gordon's out? He's a first rounder for sure. I know uh, we've we've bandied about where he's at. Some people think he could be as high as number two. I'm not sure I'd go that crazy, but I consider it. I think he could be, you know, a first half of the first round kind of guy if if things break the right way for him. Well, um, let's do this. Let's do this. Uh, let's do an impromptu okay. game of head to head. Tell me you'd rather have right now in a fantasy draft, uh, draft assuming a half point PPR. We're going to say that Jonathan Taylor, surefire lock for number one overall. Okay. Okay. Would you and go? Then we're going to also say that Melvin Gordon is no longer a Denver Bronco. Yeah, correct. Okay. Correct. So everything falls into place. We'll have a new quarterback there as well. Maybe it's Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's Russell Wilson. Maybe it's somebody else. Uh, so there is a lot of variables at play here. But just knowing that Gordon's out of the equation, Austin Eckler in a half point PPR or Juggernaut Javante. I'll go. I'll go with Javante. God, it's so close. Uh, I I may go Eckler. Actually, okay. it's just such a consistency king when it comes to scoring touchdowns. Javante Williams or Joe Mixon? Javante Williams. I go Javante Williams. Javante Williams or Derrick Henry? Um, that I will. I, I will. I will wait until we get a little bit of what Derrick Henry looks like on his return, but probably Derrick Henry. I'd probably go Javante in a half point PPR, but it's extraordinarily close. Last one: Javante Williams or Nick Chubb? Uh, Javante. Definitely Javante. And I actually got that question uh, on social media, and I said Javante Williams would be the play there. Uh, what do you think he gets workload-wise if Melvin Gordon's in uniform this week against Detroit? Is it 65-35 in favor of Juggernaut? I think that's about right. Uh, I would I would hazard that he's going to guess that he'll get 15, uh, you know, touches probably his floor, and, you know, low 20 is probably his ceiling if Gordon's back. Yeah, I think it's minimum 14 to 16. As it should be. And if Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, they want to stay employed, they need to ride him. Ride that stallion. Ride that thunderbolt uh, into a potential playoff berth. And speaking of playoff berths, 
uh, you know, Javante Williams is going to get you that this week against Detroit. It may get you a trophy under the tree as well because after that, Cincinnati at Vegas at the Chargers. Bengals 12th most fantasy points allowed to the running back position. Vegas the 6th most and the Chargers the 5th most. Oh, we've been talking about it for weeks, months, haven't we, that Javante Williams could be a league winner and could be this year's version of John the Taylor, and it could be next year's version of John the Taylor as well. With that, let's get to it with the Fantasy Five. Hit it! Number five. All right, it is a waiver wire Monday here on the pod. Uh, it's not the greatest waiver wire, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so these names are uh, certainly not going to titillate, but we're going to toss them out there anyway. Let's start off with the tight end position. How about Ricky Seals-Jones, um, a player that's coming back off an of injury? It sounds like Logan Thomas dodged a bullet, uh, did not tear his ACL or MCL, but still going to miss some time. Uh, what do you think of RSJ? Uh, is he worth a couple of bucks if you got any five dollars or just a, a claim if he is available if you need some tight end assistance? Yeah, I think he, he absolutely is. I mean, Tyler Conk, Conklin as well. But, uh, you know, remember Ricky Seals-Jones had a three-week span where he averaged over 50 receiving yards, uh, had a touchdown. And I think that was – that was kind of in the mix of when Antonio Gibson wasn't quite right, uh, but they've transitioned much like Philadelphia with Antonio Gibson getting right with his health into a really kind of run heavy team with a lot of dinking and dunking. It's hurting Terry McLaurin, but I think in this world uh, that they're in right now, it actually would help Ricky Seals Jones a decent amount. So he could be a guy that could come back while Logan Thomas is out and get you 45, 55 yards and maybe score a touchdown every so often. Uh, I kind of like him this week if he is active against Dallas. You know, that game's got some sneaky shootout appeal. He got a total that's approaching 50. Uh, and, you know, again, with no Logan Thomas and Taylor Heineke just really leaning on those plus side targets, I, I'm with you. This could be a 45, 50 yard game, possibly a touchdown for him. So if you need tight end assistance, Ricky Seals Jones, uh, the cousin of Eric Dickerson. That's true. Worth <sighs> a waiver ad. Number four. All right, pick your poison. The Detroit Lions, they won a game, Brandon. Miracles do exist. Uh, might be a sign of the apocalypse. I, I did hear that there is uh, like one of the largest asteroids in the universe is going to be within striking distance of Earth or something like that. That's like two million miles away, but that's still like cosmically very close. So maybe it is end of times. Uh, maybe Detroit is a sign of that, but uh, who would you rather have uh, among these two Lions receivers, Josh Reynolds or Amon Ra? I'm not going to say Ramondre song here. Uh, St. Brown, uh, both had great games. We'll find the end zone of course, St. Brown with that TD clincher against the Vikings on Sunday. Yeah, I think this is pretty close. Probably if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to lean Josh Reynolds. And that has to do with the fact that, you know, there is the chemistry there that Goff and Reynolds have knowing each other with their days with the Rams. But you also look at Reynolds averaging like 13 and a half yards per catch. Amon Ross St. Brown, a little short, more short area, 8.9 yards per catch. Um, he had the big game, and I don't want to overweight that. But, you know, Reynolds has had two nice games so far back to back as well. And I think. Big play, upside, touchdown potential. I'm going to lean into Josh Reynolds having the advantage there as well. So, uh, for me, it's Josh Reynolds ever so slightly. Uh, it's Reynolds for me. And you look at the uh, fantasy playoff schedule. Arizona, okay, you could be chasing scoreboard there. At Atlanta, premium matchup there. And at Seattle. So, you know, you think about guys that could probably do more damage. It's going to be Reynolds on the outside. 100% agree. Uh, it is a Reynolds wrap for me, somebody that could be uh, logging a December to remember and could propel you to the promised land here in deeper fantasy leagues. 
number three. All right, uh, let's talk about a guy that uh, blew uh, out of the rain gauge over the top. He was brimming with so many catches. That is Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons. 11 catches, a buck 30 branded against the Buccaneers. Uh, he is the slot machine for this Atlanta team. He got Carolina on the horizon. If he is available, maybe got $10 left. Would you throw a couple of bucks at him? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I look at he's caught 17 of 19 targets the last two games. Went for, you know, combined 182 yards and a touchdown. That, that's good production. And he's clearly kind of settling in as the leader in this passing game. Sorry, Kyle Pitts, but uh, Russell Gage <laughs> is kind of the guy. And you're, you know, you're drawing double double teams. And Russell Gage finally starting to take advantage of that. But uh, we're seeing this kind of chemistry and, and the numbers sort of percolating right now for Russell Gage. Uh, I would like him more than Josh Reynolds or Amon Ross St. Brown. So I'm interested in 12-team competitive leagues. I am too. And he would definitely warrant a bench spot if if I had somebody that is not really moving the meter for me, just collecting dust in that position. Because, you know, in a, in a full-point PPR league, e- even though if he doesn't find the end zone, he's consistently getting five, six, seven receptions in a week because you know that Atlanta's going to be scoreboard chasing uh, more often than not. Yeah, that's worth a spot. Hell, that's worth a start. It's basically what Jacoby Myers is. Right. And he's far more universally rostered. Uh, Just on a note with Kyle Pitts, are you shocked that he is tied in 11 overall in scoring? Um, Yeah. You know, we kind of saw it coming because of the uh, because of the Calvin Ridley hiatus that it's just you'd rather have Russell Gage beat you than Kyle Pitts. There's a lot more danger with Kyle Pitts and his his potential. So I, I we you know we expected bracket coverage, double teams. It's happening. He's a rookie. It's always a, a strong headwind for a rookie tight end, anyways. And then you throw in all the extra attention. Not shocked. Uh, you know I I will be in on him next year 100 percent though. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I, I don't think he's going to be a sophomore slumper, but more of a sophomore no. sensation. And I'll be curious what the prize tag is ADP-wise in a 12-team format. But other than that, go get Gage. Number two. All right, let's talk a running back here. Uh, and a player that I probably devoted, it might have been thousands of words, back in the day at Yahoo <laughs> Sports when he came into the league, broke in with uh, Detroit, uh, that was Amir Abdullah, and I called him the butcher because I thought he was going to be like a meat cleaver and just carve through the competition. Never really amounted to anything. He's 28 years young right now. He's bounced around with a number of different franchises. It is now wound up with the Carolina Panthers. We know that Chris McCaffrey is done for the year with the ankle injury. Uh, and Chuba Hubbard isn't locked into the lion's share of the touches like we saw earlier this season. Uh, prior to the Panthers' bye, Abdullah booked 54.7% of the snap share, running 22 routes, grabbed two with six targets uh, for 20 yards, which didn't say a whole lot in the box score. But again, that usage, the 54.7% snap rate, the 22 routes run, Joe Brady is now gone. Uh, maybe Cam New will actually throw to the running backs. Any interest at all in a points-per-reception league, maybe a 14-team or deeper one with multiple flexes, and you need some assistance at running back where you can pluck Abdullah for nothing, and, and maybe he'll get you 10, 11 points here or there <laughs> during the fantasy playoffs. That sounds like a few of the leagues you have. Uh, this might be it's a self-serving true. question. Um, I kind of feel like this could end up being a platoon and that Chuba will end up taking more of the – uh, heavy load in the in the on the ground game, and that Abdullah will be the guy in the passing game, and uh, it's going to sort of be potentially lose lose for all involved because it's not a ripe enough backfield for two guys to kind of be splitting it down the middle. Uh, I I hope because I have Chuba a few places. I hope it goes back to Chuba being the guy, but maybe like I said, I, I would not be surprised if 
if Abdullah is kind of running the show as a change of pace, receiving down back. Yeah, and you look at the matchups upcoming, uh, you get Atlanta this week, and they've given up a ton, over six receptions per game in the running back position. Then at Buffalo, I have to dink and dunk there. Tampa, you want to get outside the tackle box. And at New Orleans, another matchup you want to get outside the tackle box. Don't be shocked. Famir Abdullah makes some noise, again, in challenging formats only. Number one. All right, let's talk about one for the shallow leaguers out there because I think the same does apply. And it's number one on the waiver wire list here as we enter week 14. K.J. Osborne of the Minnesota Vikings got a high ankle sprain for Adam Thielen. It's a balanced offensive attack. Justin Jefferson draws a lot of attention. And on the immediate horizon, on Thursday night football, you got Pittsburgh, which ranks inside the top 10 in most fantasy points allowed to the wide receiver position. Brandon off a seven-target, four-catch, 47-yard, one-touchdown game. And I know that was tarnished due to the loss uh, to the almighty Detroit Lions. Uh, Any interest in K.J. Osborne? Absolutely. I mean, we talked about Josh Reynolds and Russell Gage and now K.J. Osborne. To me, K.J. Osborne is definitely belongs in this number one spot when you talk about waiver wire priority. Um, look, he started out the year great, but we pushed back on that because it's like, listen, the number three receiver in Minnesota. No, that's not going to be a thing. They're run heavy team. It's going to be about Dalvin yeah. Cook. Most weeks going to be Justin Jefferson and Thielen, and that's it. And that played out. And every once in a while, K.J. Osborne would pop up. And you'd be like, oh, he's kind of interesting, but the situation didn't warrant a whole lot of attention. It does now because he is a legit number two receiving option now in this offense. And I think you're going to see a lot of kind of 70-yard-ish kind of games, maybe a touchdown every other week, something like that. I think he can kind of maintain that kind of production. And in, you know, 12-team and deeper leagues, that is certainly worth, uh, you know, whatever you got left in fab. I mean, maybe not – spend it all but make sure you're aggressive for sure yeah look he's got to have an appreciable target share uh he gets it done in terms of the accurate reception category as well so he's excellent after the catch yeah i'm with you man um you know i'm not smashing the piggy bank because you probably don't have anything left uh but you know whatever cash you do have remaining and you need some help at wide receiver in a multi-flex league why the hell not on kj osborne uh what about tyler conklin i know he's so widely available in some shallow leagues Uh, probably that same message applies to him does it not yeah, I, I, in fact, I probably like Tyler Conklin a little bit more than Ricky Seals-Jones. Uh, the career-high yeah, nine targets with Thielen out. Um, and, you know, you could argue him up as a back-end, uh, tight-end one class, kind of that guy in that maybe 11 to 15 range at the tight-end position most weeks. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and look, uh, Tyler Conklin, yeah, if you're getting 550, that's, that's good yeah. to go, man. Absolutely <laughs> good to go. All right, before we get on out of here, uh, how about a stream quarterback of the week? I'll give you mine. It's Ben Roethlisberger because Minnesota stinks. Yeah. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't stink in the fourth quarter. He looked mighty fine against those Baltimore Ravens. So I'm with you on that. Taysom Hill is amazingly still only, uh, you know, rostered in about uh, in about like thir- mid-30s at, in Yahoo leagues. He's out there. He's interesting. Teddy Bridgewater is the other guy that is, you know, has the matchup. I don't even know if that's going to be good enough for me to be interested in Teddy Bridgewater right now. Um, so he has a matchup against the Lions. He's widely available, but I'm with you. I would go 
I would go Taysom Hill and Roethlisberger first before I have to settle on a Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Roethlisberger is at the uh, top of the list if Taysom Hill is not available. Uh, and Taysom's going to you know, fight through that finger injury and maybe get 260 and a couple of touchdowns out of him. Uh, again, in that Thursday night affair against the downtrodden Vikings. Anybody else uh, that we missed that might be of the interest off waivers, uh, like in a shallow league? Obviously, a guy like Devontae Parker, uh, who looked yep. great yesterday. Uh, maybe uh, somebody else like uh, Nick Westbrook-Akina. Um, well, I got one local yeah. here. Uh, just see, watch the, watch this week. Uh, you know, if you're really hurting at running back, it might not be a bad idea to cast a line for Rashad Penny. Oh, I boy. actually think he could get 12 to 15 carries this week. It's a good matchup against Houston. Um, look, at Seattle's got, in a bad way right now at the running back position. Penny showed a little sign of life, and I would not be surprised if Seattle kind of follows that and maybe sees about, you know, doubling down and giving him a little bit more work this week. Yeah, I think it's a good call. I mean, I, I may pick him up because there is a, a league I have. It has been a sad rotation of sucky dudes at RB2 for me, and somehow I'm in first place uh, because I have just strong play everywhere else. Uh, Penny may get an audition. Uh, this week, <laughs> work him out. Yeah, right. why not? Hey, hey, you know what? If Seattle could work out Adrian Peterson in reality, I can at least throw Boner Rashad Penny in uh, in fantasy. With that, that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please follow Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. If you enjoy this broadcast, drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? And until next time, adios, up. 